The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things, that will take place, and to stand before the Son of Man, the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. He's lost it. (laughs) I haven't lost it. It is a new year. Advent is the beginning of the liturgical year. Uh, The series of readings and observation of festivals that begins in Advent and culminates with Christ the King Sunday, which we just had last week. This is the beginning of a new year. And just as we might make resolutions uh, for a new year starting off in January, have you made your New Year's resolutions for this church year? You know, for uh, New Year's, we make resolutions for all kinds of different habits. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to cut out sweets or cut out fats or uh, whatever it is that we might decide uh, we need to do uh, to trim up the belt a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, we may decide we're going to adopt a new exercise regimen to try to get ourselves in shape to become stronger or more flexible. 
Uh, we might uh, do some kind of a new organizational structure in our house uh, or change our spending habits that if maybe something uh, new comes into the house, two other things have, that are already in the house have to leave. You know, All kinds of different resolutions people make uh, to order their lives uh, and you know the new year seems as uh, good a time as any to do those things. Well, you've got some time to work on those New Year's resolutions, but uh, I would invite you also to make some resolutions even today at this new church year. And Jesus helps us, just in case I've caught you off guard uh, and you're not prepared with resolutions uh, for this church year. Jesus helps us in our gospel lesson today with some very good Ideas of things that we could resolve to do. They, they kind of come one right after the other at the close of our gospel lesson. Jesus says, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. Be on guard. He also says, be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Be on guard. Be alert. Pray so that you may stand. Good resolutions for us uh, at Advent or any other time of the year. Advent is a wonderful uh, church season. It's maybe one of my favorites. The themes that are in it uh, really resonate with how uh, not only our time uh, during this particular season of four weeks of Advent, uh, but our whole lives. The themes of Advent of waiting on the Lord, of, of being sustained in hope, of being patient, of repentance. These are things that are good for us, not only in these four weeks of, uh, that lead up before Christmas, but really our whole lives long. And, and that really is the beauty of the liturgical calendar, is that each season carries with it its own scripture readings, its own themes that then help us uh, to explore uh, what life can look like, not during that, just during that season, but carried on beyond that. And really, our whole life is that of Advent, of waiting for the coming of our Lord, for He is coming. He promises it here. He says, They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But will we be ready when he comes? Jesus would have us resolve to be ready. He charges us with this command, be on guard, be alert at all times. Do not let your hearts be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, the worries of this life. And that can be so much, can't it, of our life? Dissipated, 
drunk with worry, with concern, as we look at the world about us, whether it is things that are large and affect many people uh, on a national or worldwide stage, or that are things that are happening right in our own families, as we see these things that concern us, that worry us, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be worried and do not let your hearts be drunken with the worries of this life. You know, there are so many things that can weigh us down, that can distract us from the things really the only thing that can give us hope. And that is the fact that Jesus is risen from the dead, that he has ascended to the right hand of the Father and that he is coming back and that for us, this is good news. Jesus draws a distinction between those who uh, do not have that hope and those who do. He says that the nations will be confused that they will be distressed, that they will faint from fear and foreboding as they watch as the world descends into chaos, as even the natural world reverts to its chaotic stage prior to God creating order on earth. And the unbelieving world will melt in fear. But Jesus draws a distinction between the unbelieving world and those who have reason to hope, that is, his church. He says, but you, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads. Don't be found cowering or confused or caught up in the fears along with your unbelieving neighbors, but no, rather be ready May our hearts be sustained in hope. Yes, you're seeing the same distressing things that are happening as everybody else in this world, but even so, for us, even those things that would be distressing are reasons for us to hope because it means that our redemption is drawing nigh. The Jesus is coming. Now, you know, some people may look and say, well, it's been 2,000 years. Is Jesus slow in his coming? Has he forgotten, maybe? Peter, in his first letter uh, that is in our scriptures, reminds us, no, (laughs) the Lord is not slow. He has not forgotten This delay of his coming again is so that he can exercise his patience with this world. That we might repent and turn to him in hope and in faith. That we might stand on the last day, seeing in him our redemption, our salvation. And not just us, but so that we might share this good news with our neighbors so that they too may repent and may see our Lord Jesus as 
a figure of hope and salvation in these distressing and fearful times. He is not slow as we think of slowness. He is coming. And when he comes, will we be ready? He would have us be ready. He says, be on guard, be alert at all times. It can be hard, can't it, to be always at a state of preparedness, of readiness. That can be unsustainable, we think, in the long run. Exhausting. You know, ever ready. How can we stay alert at all times? How can we be on guard lest our hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life? Well, we can make some resolutions. (laughs) We can adopt some habits that will help us to stay focused on Christ, to keep our eyes fixed on him, to remind ourselves and our neighbors that he is coming again and that this is a good thing for us, that we can be sustained then in hope and not given to fear for all of the things that would cause us to be fearful. Specifically, let's turn to Christmas in these four weeks. This is a busy time of the year. A time when we kind of crank up the volume in our lives. Quite literally, we turn on the radio stations and we have music going 24 hours a day, right? That is in our ears and that is uh, trying to, maybe the songs of the, of the 24 hour a day, seven day a week Christmas station, maybe that will keep my spirits up and keep me going when I'm flagging in all of the things that are just exhausting, all the endless to-do list, all the preparations, What would it be like if we turned the volume down in Advent? What would it look like if maybe we made some decisions that there are some certain things, the ways that we celebrate Christmas that maybe are unnecessary for the celebration of Christmas? Christmas is, after all, about Christ's first Advent into our world. But somehow, despite even our best efforts, we who believe in him and who do celebrate this, somehow that gets lost in the midst of it all. Somehow it doesn't really sink in until we finally sink down into the pew on Christmas Eve and we breathe out a sigh. Oh, we made it. (laughs) What would it look like if even now we began to prepare our hearts for that moment not only on Christmas Eve, but our whole lives long of looking to Christ and seeing him as the reason not only of the Christmas season, but of Advent and of Epiphany and all year long, our whole lives. There are practices, of course, that the Christian church has developed over the years to aid us in this regular daily reading of Scripture a habit of prayer at fixed times of day, 
uh, and, uh, or maybe associated with certain activities. In this season, uh, a relatively recent development of the Advent wreath that is something you can have not only here at church, but in your own home uh, that you can make and, and light and you can uh, have that be a reminder of the coming of Christ as each week passes and you light one more candle. And we're remembering not only Christ's first advent at Christmas, but his promised second coming as well. Lots of different ways that we might resolve to be on guard and be alert. Not only during this season of advent, but also at Christmas and our whole lives long. You know, as the church, we, alongside everybody else, get so caught up in the giving of gifts, you know, that that almost threatens to take the place of, uh, of our devotion and our time, and we give so much energy and uh, exert so much effort in trying to get them. And indeed, there's many concerns and worries this year. Will the supply chains be enough to be able to get our gifts here on time so that we can get them out to our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors? And what if this year we took the supply chain issues as an occasion to maybe give fewer gifts? What if it was an opportunity for us to change habits so that we may focus on the reason why we celebrate at all. Some years ago, there was an uh, organization that formed called the Advent Conspiracy, and they drew attention to just how much Americans spent at Christmas time. $10 billion it was at the time. I'm sure it's even more now. $10 billion. And this organization said, what would it look like if we took that $10 billion and instead of celebrating Christ's birth through the giving of gifts and the lighting of trees and uh, the decorating of our front lawns and our mantles, what would it look like if we took that $10 billion and we applied it toward something like giving clean water to those in need in developing nations? And they had all kinds of statistics that showed that $10 billion invested in uh, third world countries would actually provide a lot of communities, a surprising number of communities with good wells and access to clean drinking water. Today, there are people that walk surprising, astonishing distances just to get water for their day, and they carry their heavy buckets of water back on their backs to sustain them and their neighbors. Other communities that their source of drinking water would make our noses like curl up as we look at it and we think that's what they're using to drink and bathe in and use for their cooking. What? We wouldn't, we wouldn't even touch it. But for them, that's all they have. What would it look like? What kind of impact might America make if we shifted our priorities? I think that would be an amazing resolution, a way for us to be on guard against the dissipation and drunkenness and worries of this life. I don't know what your particular resolutions will look like in your home, but I invite you to 
consider, to prepare even now for how you will spend these next weeks. To prepare even now for how you will welcome our Lord's uh, first advent in, in the celebration and the remembrance of that, but also to use it as a way to practice for your whole life of how we may be on guard and how we may be alert to his second coming, for he is coming. When I was a, a, a dad of small little children, <laughs> they've grown now, uh, I would come home and uh, one of the most delightful things is when the children, uh, when I came in the door, and sometimes it was just the garage door going up, they would hear it and they knew daddy was home and they'd come running and greet me and uh, man, how, how good that felt uh, to be greeted, to be welcomed in that way. How different it is uh, when the children were engrossed in their play, whether it was watching a television show or playing a video game or uh, just you know playing with their toys and, and so focused on the thing that they were doing that you know, it was like, hi, Dad. <laughs> Very different feeling for me, right? They weren't prepared. They weren't ready. They were distracted. And this happens to all of us. Jesus would have it be different. He invites us to be on guard, to be alert, because our redemption is drawing nigh. This is good news for us. The Son of Man who loved us who, and loves us, who died for us and is risen and lives for us, to hear our prayers, he is coming again to draw us to himself. May we take these weeks to prepare our hearts for him and to share with our neighbors the reason for our hope, that they may not fear, but they too may share and stand when the Son of Man comes. In the name of Jesus, amen.